0: Hello there, welcome to a new episode of the Pen Positive podcast. This is your host, Vinod Narayan. This podcast is sponsored by Pen Positive. We are a media and a learning company working at the intersection of education, entertainment, and social awareness. Take a look at our website, penpositive.com, and learn more about what we do. And you can also probably attend some free courses on the website. Today, we have a Very fascinating, interesting book. And the book is called Digital Transformation, Survive and Thrive in an Era of Mass Extinction. The book is written by Thomas M. Siebel. Tom Siebel, he is a visionary Silicon Valley entrepreneur, tech entrepreneur. So if you know about the company Siebel Systems, they were one of the pioneers in the customer relationship management space, CRM. And Tom Siebel has been working almost with every major innovation in the enterprise software space, probably for the past 40 years. He was with Oracle before he started Siebel. And now he is the founder and CEO of a company called C3.AI. So what Tom tries to explain in this book, is that there are four technologies. There's a confluence of four technologies that is changing the way companies and governments are going to function, are going to work in the 21st century. And these four technologies are Elastic Cloud, Big Data, Artificial Intelligence, and Internet of Things, or IoT. So that's what this book is all about. And why do we have to read this book? I mean, this is what I thought. See, all these changes are coming and changes come pretty fast. The market is very volatile. It's uncertain. It is complex and it is ambiguous. And when such a situation happens, it's important for us, whether we are CEOs running companies or whether we are senior management or we are the workforce within an organization, We need to know how do we respond and adapt to these changes that is happening. Are we prepared? And that's that's why it's important for us to read books of this sort that collectively would give us enough information to really understand the world around us. So the first chapter in the book is called Punctuated Equilibrium. It's a pretty interesting chapter. In evolution, what Punctuated Equilibrium says is there has been bursts of evolutionary change and that's what has been the cause for evolution. And these bursts of evolutionary change are triggered by environmental triggers. That's what causes, like meteor strikes or volcanic eruptions. So there have been five major mass extinctions in our world. And when we talk about mass extinction, we would really think about dinosaurs but that was just one which wiped out 76 percentage of the species on the planet earth and before that there was another mass extinction that wiped out 96 percent of the species so this has happened five times but the interesting thing is every time a punctuation happens every time a mass extinction happens you have a new set of species that evolves species that are more more prone to surviving and thriving species that are more adaptive to the environment so this is how things have worked in that in the world and punctuation equilibrium means that in between these punctuations there is a period of equilibrium so we are at a period of equilibrium after the last major mass extinction which wiped out the dinosaurs and 76 percentage of the species He draws parallel with this and the business world. And he says there has been discoveries, there has been innovations which have radically transformed the way we work, the way we live, the way we look at things, the way we produce. And some of the examples that he puts is discovery of fire, the domestication of dogs, agriculture, gunpowder, the press printing press, steam engines. Automobile, television, transistor, microprocessor, internet. See, all these innovations or discoveries have changed the world we live in. And we could always take one of these innovation or discovery and say that there was a world before that, there was a world after that, which significantly were different in the way we did things. Imagine the pre-internet era and the post-internet era. Yes, the world is different. Our opportunities are different our challenges are different we don't see things anymore the same way and sometimes there are are a lot of people now who cannot imagine a world where internet was not there where we were not connected like we were so that's that's the interesting way he he talks about and he says that we are currently in such a burst of evolutionary change and things are going to disrupt and companies are going to go extinct the question is are we ready are we ready not just to survive but also thrive because whenever such a mass extinction happens new species of companies new business models and new opportunities are going to evolve and are we ready to harness what we get and that's that's what the first chapter is about giving a setting a tone for the entire book now the second chapter takes you through digital transformation. So the question is what is digital transformation? So it's interesting when I read that chapter because a few years back I used to be a consultant for content management system, enterprise content management system. And we used to call ourselves digital transformation consultants or digital transformation leads or DTL and that's how we used to call ourselves. And because for us implementing an enterprise content management system was the digital transformation so there are two ways in which uh, things changed there was digitization and the digitization and then there was the internet so digitization was where we started automating things so if you look at it finance manufacturing HR all these processes got automated and even before internet came into existence So, we were in a, so computer and software was all about enterprise resource planning and CRM. So, before the internet, we were talking about all these processes and automating these processes. That was digitization. And then, when the internet came, things changed. I still remember the time when companies started having websites in 90s. And we used to have the static websites. So it was so important for companies to have a website. It was just like having a physical address. So you did not have an address in the internet. You did not you were not digital enough. Or you I don't know if we even called it digital. We were just saying that we didn't have a website, you didn't have a presence on the on the net. And they had this static websites. But static websites later on gave way to dynamic websites because when a customer comes to the website, you don't just read something, you start uh, kind of doing something on the website like e-commerce maybe you bought something so there was a there was a uh, set of actions that you performed on the website and the be- websites were dynamic then after that we started using different devices it was not just computers you had uh, laptops with laptops with different screens then you had uh, uh, you had the phone you had the tablet so all these devices, you had to make your website responsive. So that was what was interesting. Now towards, in 2000s, uh, when I got into content management, we were replacing traditional websites with content management systems where instead of creating content in silo, we started creating content that could be reused. We started making the website more personalized for example it depends on who you are and we know some data about which device you are using and where you're coming from what your email address is are you a logged in user not logged in user And based on that we could create content that personal that gave you a personalized experience when you came to the website so that was digital transformation probably marketing was the only field where the digitization had not completely touched it and so we thought you are done with that digital transformation is done but when you read the book you figure out that no that is that is not digital transformation over the past few years digital transformation is is the confluence of these four technologies because it is a complete change of the organization to be a digitally transformed organization it is An impact of these two waves, impact of digitization and internet. And then obviously these four technologies that came into existence. So the third chapter is how the information age is accelerating. And he tells why we all need to understand digital transformation in more detail. Because we are all part of this whole process. Whether you are a company or CEO or a workforce, you are all part of this digital transformation that is going to come or that is already there. For example, if you look at an auto manufacturer, the question is, are you in the business of making cars or are you in the business of delivering transportation and mobility? What are your stakes currently? What is your IP? So if you're a refinery, where will you be as a refinery if you do not have an AI-based predictive maintenance? If you don't if you cannot predict the maintenance of probably the refinery valves that you have how do you i mean where do you, where do you stand what is the kind of cost you will incur if you don't have a predictive maintenance and see that's how we need to start thinking because if you don't use ai if you don't use iot where will you be down the line even for big data, there's an interesting uh, thing I, uh, I I remember now. There's a friend of mine who runs a big data company. And uh, when he started the company, he came and he was explaining to me, and I was asking what big data, What what is this thing all about? And he told that he works with refineries and uh, these refineries have a lot of walls, valves. And these valves, what it does is, it, it has a lot of data. It sends a lot of data to based on based on how things are and this data need to be analyzed and harnessed and and so that you can get better at making decisions so if you don't use that and this was probably about seven years back and uh, I'm thinking that most of the companies have started using this and they're using it they're progressing in it and imagine a situation where someone decided not to do it so we we don't have a choice every part is touched financials product design maintenance supply chain there is no operation in an organization that will be untouched by what is going to change now cloud computing and big data has been there for quite a while but for ai and iot according to tom you need a new technical or technology stack and that that's what he is he, that that is the idea that is driving as part of this book. Then for the next four chapters, he takes us through these four different technologies: through elastic cloud, big data, artificial intelligence, and IoT. So, in the chapter for elastic cloud, he you know, for anyone who does not understand cloud, so cloud there's a lot of migration happening from traditional data centers to cloud environment, and one of the most common or one of the one of the areas where there is a lot of opportunities is for people who are experienced in this cloud migration and he takes you through this different kinds of clouds like public cloud the private cloud and a hybrid of private and public and also the various cloud service models that you have where you have the infrastructure as a service the platform as a service and the software as a service the various cloud service models that exist he also takes you through the benefits of being on the cloud and uh, what are the pros and cons and why now you don't have a choice of not being on cloud that's not something that you can afford at this point so that is how cloud computing has become right now and then the next chapter is about big data and big data so uh, it's interesting to note how storage has evolved over the over the time i remember during the early 90s when i used to assemble and sell computers so the first computer that i sold had a 512 kb ram memory and hard disk was in my opinion a 40 gb oh no sorry 40 mb hard disk that was that was the hard disk storage and look at what we have right now i still remember when when we had the first one GB hard drive and we were thinking, wow, that's, that's a lot of space, one GB. And today look at what memory we have, but even then that's not, that's not enough. So, so big data is all about, there's a lot of data that's available and there are both promises and there are challenges when you're talking about big data like the multiplicity of the various data sources from which you need to pull this data and start using it. He also gives you a glimpse of what data lakes are and and you have a fair understanding of big data from a business perspective when you read that chapter. Then he moves into artificial intelligence. And when I read that chapter, see always the thought was at AI. That's a pretty new thing. That just, it has been there only for a few years, but. It is not a new thing. We have been talking about artificial intelligence. We've been talking about uh, using computers to do tasks that humans can do and everything that humans can do. And it's been there for quite a long time. But the, but the problem was we did not have two technologies back then when we were talking about artificial intelligence. And those were cloud computing and big data. Because without cloud computing for storage, and big data for really having that amount of data that we need to analyze, we couldn't really go far with artificial intelligence. See, the interesting thing is he explains about a about a cat. For a five-year-old kid, if you show the kid a cat and say that this is a cat, and maybe one or two times, the third time you, he or she sees a cat, the child will say that is a cat. And the child will be able to differentiate between a cat and a dog a big cat and a small cat and all these things and these are fairly intuitive fairly easy and simple for us human beings but for artificial intelligence is very difficult it does it cannot differentiate a cat and something else the same way we do it there are many things artificial intelligence and computers would be able to do better than us large computation multiplying stuff doing processes all these things would be very easy but these simple things that we we look and identify this is a cat this is a painting this is a painting of a dog this is a painting of a cat no it is it is very difficult for the artificial intelligence to make that deductions and that reason for that is artificial intelligence it depends on the data that you have and from the data is what you learn and if you even if you feed all the data all the permutation combinations of what makes or what constitutes a cat you will still miss the whole point of maybe there are aspects that you wouldn't be able to feed so it's practically impossible for you to feed every possible possible available option of what a cat is and the only solution for that is the the computer Or the program being able to learn by itself through data and that's where machine learning and deep learning and you have layers and layers so each layer you learn something and then that information you will you will have a further set of data on which you will further learn so this is a this is a ongoing learning that will make you better and better the program would become better and better at understanding things and all this thing is not possible without having the ability to analyze data and the ability to store data because you need to be able to perform those computations in such a way that and so it was it was an interesting idea to talk about artificial intelligence but you couldn't go far without cloud computing and big data coming into picture and big data and cloud computing it's been in during the 2000s it's, it's been more popular and even now there are companies migrating towards the cloud and using big data and trying to harness big data for making decisions. So so that's where artificial intelligence comes. Now IOT that is where he says that AI with IOT, artificial intelligence with Internet of things that is that is what is going to really create the kind of disruption that we're talking about, which would make organizations or companies extinct if they are not ready for it. So, in his opinion, what is going to change? How we make decisions, how we execute business processes, and how we differentiate products in a marketplace, all three things are going to fundamentally change. He takes us in that chapter of IoT, he takes us through a few use cases like smart grid, like predictive maintenance, inventory optimization, optimizing inventory, and patient care. So these are all areas where IoT use cases, where we can use IoT and that can dramatically change the way we do business. So he also takes us through how IoT as a technology would Impact various industries. So, what are the different industries which would, which would impact? Like manufacturing would be impacted to a certain extent compared to uh, patient care would be uh, would be impacted in a different extent. So, which industries are, would be impacted more from an IoT perspective? And that that's very interesting because we need to know have an idea about this because we live at a time when this digital transformation is happening. And then the next chapter he takes us through AI and government. Now, government is changing. Government is changing and government is investing money into AI, into artificial intelligence. Now, a government which doesn't invest into artificial intelligence is going to be pushed back when the entire things that happen around us, is being managed by artificial intelligence and iot where ai and iot becomes so core in even running running a defense system if you don't invest in that how are you going to be ready for it so that's uh, that's an interesting interesting chapter where you can see how and he gives us some examples of how ai is being invested in in various companies and then we get into the chapter of digital enterprise. So if you have transformed, what is a digital enterprise? What, how does that, what do you call a digital enterprise? So digital enterprise is what harnesses the confluence of these four technologies. And in this chapter, he takes us through a few use cases, through examples like Caterpillar, 3M, the United States Air Force. For example, the United States Air Force is using predictive maintenance. And he, he, talks about how each of these each of these companies have used ai and iot or the confluence of these four technologies to really digitally transform themselves 3m is using ai driven operational so they they're driving operational efficiency using ai so these are the these are the inter- interesting use cases or business scenarios where this digital transformation is you can you can see it live. now the next chapter is about uh, having a new technology stack so what he says is that there is a do-it-yourself method where you can have this there's so many surveys there is data integration data persistence machine learning services, data visualization tools. There's a lot of these things and you could do a do-it-yourself by mishmash all these things together, but it's going to be very, very, very complex. And that's where he drives home the point that there is a need for an enterprise technology stack. And what he says is that all the existing business processes and technologies and tools will have to be modified, will have to be changed into this new, enterprise technology stack. And that means there's a lot of opportunities there and companies have to be ready for that. And finally, in the final chapter, he takes us through a CEO action plan. So what is a CEO? And what is a CEO supposed to do when there's a a mass extinction of companies coming? When there is a burst of evolutionary change that's going to happen? when you're going to have some environmental trigger, when this four technologies confluence of this is going to open up new opportunities and close existing ways of doing business. What is a CEO's role? A CEO's role is to understand what's happening, is to be able to adapt, respond, and be ready when this change happens. And how does that happen? And he's saying that ceo becomes incompetent if the ceo doesn't understand what digital transformation is not just understanding what digital transformation is it's also about understanding and being prepared and seeing how your industry and your company is going to be impacted and how and what you can do to harness these technologies and move to the next level so if you don't if you cannot do that you become an incompetent ceo so his He is asking CEOs to be transformative. So, CEOs to be transformative CEOs. And he gives a CEO action plan for digital transformation. A pretty interesting uh, 10 step. The opportunity is exceeded only by the existential threat. So, you have an existential threat. Your company won't be in business if you don't act. So, this is the 10 points that he gives so the first point is marshal the senior cxo team as a digital transformation engine so in any organization if you look at it there are different cxo in the leadership right so you have the ceo you have the cpo cfo CTO, cio and chief innovation officer and all all different cxo roles you should bring them together and make that your digital transformation engine and then you should appoint a chief digital officer and you should give that person the authority and the budget needed to to steer these transformations and then you start working incrementally to get small wins and each win should capture business value not not this uh, big uh, big bang theory but go through this iterative small agile approach of getting small wins that produce business value and that's approach you need to Take the transformation forward. You have to forge a strategic vision in parallel and get going. So as so, when transformations have happen, there is a keep the business running activity. There is a transformation activity. And there is a strategic vision that you need to have in parallel to move forward. And you should draft a digital transformation roadmap and communicate it with stakeholders. Many times people don't understand why a transformation is needed unless it is communicated with people with stakeholders and not just stakeholders but workforce and with other senior management everyone needs to know why we're doing this transformation what is the urgency to do it right now that sense of urgency should be there so build a digital transformation roadmap and communicate it with stakeholders then You have to pick your partners very carefully you need to have a partner who will partner with you through the transformation a transformation is not a one or two month activity it's a it's a years long activity you see you talk about transformations whether it is digital transformation or agile transformation agile transformation is a transformation in the mindset of how the organization functions and digital transformation is all about how the organization is see you will you might transform yourself to be looking like an entirely different organization. Once the transformation is over, you might, you might have a different market that you cater to. You might have a different set of products. You might have a different way of doing business. Everything would change. And, and that you need to have partners who can help you in this process. Now, You should start focusing on economic benefit as well. By the end of the day, transformation means you've got to save costs. You have to make things efficient, which means you save more money and you're able to make better profits as you move into different markets. And you should start creating a transformative culture of innovation. There should be a culture of innovation. Because innovation is at the core of any transformation. And if you can create that culture of innovation, as part of this transformation that's going to help you. And re-educate the leadership team. So even if the leadership team, everyone agrees that we all need to change, things are things are urgent, we need to do it, there might be a difference of opinion on what that change really means and how do we respond, how do we adapt, there are different ways in which you can tackle a change. You're not managing change, you're leading change, but then how do you lead change? So. There is a need for learning and unlearning and a whole re-education that brings everyone in the leadership team on the same level. And then continually you have to re-educate the workforce. Don't just stop at the leadership because if you don't re-educate your workforce then it becomes difficult because transformation would only happen on one side. You are talking about digital transformation. It touches each and every aspect of your business. and. That's where he says that you should you should actually work with your workforce to invest in self-learning. And this is where I think he ends the book by giving us a list of uh, courses that he recommends for people within his organization, which I think is very, very useful for anyone who reads a book. And he gives us all these courses are on Coursera, so which means that any of us, could go and take one of these courses and get a better understanding because this is what Tom Siebel as a visionary thinks the workforce of people like us should be probably learning. And I think that's important, which is like uh, take a course on deep learning, on machine learning, on programming with Python and understanding software design, text mining, and uh, cloud computing. Uh, Then various technologies like uh, IoT, and uh, aws the uh, amazon web services and uh, he, he also talks about things like tensorflow and scala and even even various kind of modeling specializations that need to be there so there's a set of courses that he thinks would be very very valuable for everyone who is in the industry and and this is not just about software because you You should know what deep learning is. You should know what machine learning is. You should know what IoT is. Whether you are in software or not in software because these are things that are going to impact the way you are going to work or your work environment is going to change. Now, this was the entire book and took me about 30 minutes not to read, to to make this video. But see, I I think the importance of books like this is that It allows us, we all might have some level of understanding about what's happening. I mean, there are some people who have been working in the industry for quite a long time. See, I can tell you that I have been in the industry for about 20-25 years. But I don't know many of these things because my role has not been neck deep into this technology. But today I know that unless I know about this technology at least at a very high level, if I don't understand what each of these things mean, it it makes it difficult for me to perform what I do. So I am an agile consultant. So when I work with companies, I work with engineering teams, and my engineering team might be doing different things in different because I am not the person who is doing the engineering work. But I work with different engineering teams. So it is important for me to really understand if I am working with a big data team, if I am working with a uh, AI team, if I am working with a team that is uh, Uh, doing a cloud migration see it's important even for a person like me as an agile coach or a scrum master to really understand what these technologies mean and what are the complexities and what are the nuances that happen over there this helps me better understand the impediments better understand where the team and the organization is heading towards so that I can contribute even my own qualification can be contributed better if I understand what's happening so I don't think, I think everyone in the tech industry needs to understand digital transformation, not at a peripheral level, but at least to the detail of what is being written in this book. And one interesting thing when I read this book, I figured out that, and I had to take notes for about at least 10 to 15 areas, which I think is important for me and becomes my personal curriculum for learning in the next probably three months or four months time and he says that every organization need to have a learning curriculum that it can give its employees and workforce and say hey this is your learning curriculum just like Tom Siebel doing it at c3.ai saying that these are the courses that you can use as part of your self-learning and then obviously reward reward them for self-learning because as you as an organization is transforming you your workforce is learning and being ready and adaptive as the transformation happens, which means it's saving a lot of time for you. And so you should reward your employees if they are self-learning and moving towards where the, uh, the, the direction that you want to take your organization to. So I will end there, but I would say that digital transformation, survive and thrive in an era of mass extinction, not be part of the corporate graveyard. And there are many companies. If you look at it, if you look at the history of companies that did not understand the change, Netflix Blockbusters a very interesting story. You would have heard it many times, and that's how business is. That they how long do companies exist? Earlier, there used to be companies which which continued to exist the same way for hundreds of years, at least at least twenty at least 50, 60 years. And now it's about 10 to 20 years, or even lesser. Some companies don't even exist beyond five years. What's happening? Changes are happening fast and not every company can respond and adapt to the changes because every company is not innovative and every company does not have a transformative CEO. So read the book, irrespective of whether you're a CEO or a workforce, part of the workforce because i think this is a book that you should read and keep it next to you on your table so that you can refer to it and it gives you ideas to what you should be learning so that's the end of it visit penpositive.com take a look at what we do and subscribe to the podcast wherever you are hearing and uh, let's uh, let's talk again next week Not you. I'm going to talk. So anyway, take care. Be content. Be positive. Thank you.